Three brasser from Cape Town speaking to people, and those people are speaking back. Welcome to the Don't Know Show. Hi everyone, welcome to the I Don't Know or Don't Know Show. Uh, today's guest is Lyndall Atkins, famed uh, or infamed Lyndall Atkins. <laughs> Hi, Lyndall. Hey, Remo. Hello. Okay, so you're on the mic with uh, Remo, Brandon, and Hilton. Uh, Lyndall and I know each other for quite some time, but I think the three, the three of you guys have limited experience with each other, so that should be interesting. Yep. Cool. Hi, guys. Hello. So nice to audio meet you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's fucking weird but okay we just ignore that uh, you know they say e meet you like in an email so what do you want to say when you meet someone over audio no, I've, n- I've never heard somebody say uh, nice to e meet you are you e- serious yeah. like i get that like at least twice a week <laughs> i suppose i just hang out with cool people um, <laughs> okay so uh let's just uh, jump into our the first uh, questions Oh, the first talk. Basically, we're just gonna let this flow, but we do have some questions uh, for our for your adoring fans to get to know you a little bit better. And so I have fans. <laughs> future adoring fans. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, okay. <laughs> you have a, a decent following right now on Instagram, so yeah, let's uh, let's get into it. So, the first one is just about your background, like where you come from, who you are. We grew up, etc. What okay. makes Lindell? Uh, Lindell is still figuring that out right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think like everyone else is. Um, but yeah, I'm just like an ordinary girl. I grew up in Athlone, um, very close to you. Um, and after high school, I decided that I'm going to save the world. So I joined an NGO and I did that community development work out in the Eastern Cape. So I went and I moved into the middle of nowhere, um, no running water, no toilet. Um, and I lived in this like Rudolf Kosa village in the Eastern Cape. And I got my Kosa name there, Noabisa, which means someone who's happy and makes other people happy. And that's kind of become like my life's ethos to just like spread joy and happiness. And I do that nowadays through my creativity. Um, yeah, then after... After that experience, um, I was out there for about a year and then started varsity. That's where I met you. Um, I studied English um, and language and communication studies. And then I started, I um, got my day job, which was flying. So I've been going fly for 14 years for an airline. And then I got retrenched last year. And I, well, before that, I was kind of micro blogging and so last year I kind of put my all into that so um, that's what I've been doing since like just like sharing my love of DIY and creativity online okay so for the record um, she wasn't actually flying the planes uh, themselves (laughs) (laughs) yeah no although that would have been fucking insane like from (laughs) linguistics to like flying the plane fuck it you know what the the random sentence is so you can fly our plane (laughs) so Um, um, so yeah, uh, and then you also name your the the Instagram 
uh, place that you have no, no visas, little things, right? So yeah. that's coming from that background. Yeah, because it's like little things that make me happy um, because that's what the name Nobisa means. And so I'm like sharing those little things with other people. So that's where the name comes from. Okay. And those, uh, like, uh, can we expand on that a little bit? Like, uh, we've all seen the page. Uh, there's a lot of like, cool stuff. Um, but can you just give us like an idea? Maybe like the, the last two projects you did. On the okay. Page. So... My page focuses a lot on like my experience in motherhood because I became a mom um, like four years ago and it just like completely kind of changed me a lot. It just changed me a lot. So it's like me sharing that kind of first time mommy experience. So that's like a big section of my blog is about that. And then I also I'm really creative and my blog kind of started as like a creative outlet. So I do like a lot of DIY projects and um, you know this about me. Like I don't. I can't stay in a lane when it comes to creativity. I can't like pick one thing that I love. So I, I do a lot of little different things. So we did our biggest projects like in the last couple of weeks have been, um, we renovated our rental. So like putting floors, I tiled, I sanded a ceiling. Um, we just like completely renovated that house. Like, um, like in 20 days we did it. So that was like hectic and incredible. And then we did, um, we built our daughter a playhouse, like a full-on playhouse deck, like cladding, like windows, um, like everything. We did a whole playhouse. It's still not completely done, but the structure's done. So now it's like just kind of making it pretty, which I need to find time for. And then I've done like lots of little cute printables and like, um, like little kitty fashion things. So that's kind of where I'm at at the moment. Those are my last projects. Um, so Lynn Hilton, yeah? Hi, so, Hilton. <laughs> so, that has always been a keen interest of yours. When you were young, did you make your own dolls? Were you DIYing a, a laptop? I don't know. Did you <laughs> that was actually my mommy. My mommy was busy putting together computers. Like, I didn't even know. My mom used to work in a TV factory. And that's why she was like, no, this is what's wrong with the TV. She just takes the whole TV apart. <laughs> so, I think I got a little bit of that from her. Um... But like, I used to like to like make, I think Remo, you'll remember this, when we used to go clubbing, I used to make my own tops and like very risky tops. I used to like make my own stuff. And like when we used to have like parties, I'd make like this little like hangover kit for everybody to take home. So like, that's the kind of person I was. I didn't know where my creativity was going. I think um, having a kid kind of focused me into like making things for my kid and making things for my home. So kind of just like narrowed my focus into kind of like creating things around my home and my family and my kid. So I think that kind of focus, but I've always been creative. Okay, I didn't, I never noticed that the skate tops for the liquid pool. <laughs> <laughs> Not one time, not even, not even one, not even one time, Paul, did I notice that. Just, just, just Paul is Lindell's husband, just in case. Just in case I get a knock on my door. That's okay, hey. Um, but also for the record, I will moor him. And I am capable. Yeah. And I'm capable, think- for the record, of mooring him. So are we doing this, that new YouTube thing where... People bo- like they have boxing matches or something. Yeah, yo, you know, you know, Paul, yo. I, Paul and I have been threatening each other since two thousand and three via WhatsApp or via some sort of social media. Right? You guys, 
Nothing's in there. The Hulk and Hulk big game. But he's a gentle giant, the guy. He's not. He's not. No, you should be I'm, hyping him up, Lindell. Come on. No. You should be like, okay. You should be scared. Uh, so yeah, but you won't take Remo seriously. If, like, Remo really, like, you know, say something, you'll be like, ah, okay, Remo. You won't take you seriously. I mean, maybe it was someone else off the street. You'll be like, but you was yeah, like, ah, it's Remo. I, I think that's a good. We don't take each other seriously. I think that's a good thing. Imagine it was serious and it's just like full on beef. That'd be fucking weird. Um, <laughs> it's seriously <laughs> weird. Um, so yeah, uh, uh, we have yeah. I've experienced a lot of the DIYing. Sometimes good, sometimes bad. Um, for me, for everyone else, fantastic. Um, <laughs> you know, I've sometimes had to be the um, the the person that holds the whatever. And if anybody knows me, I hate that shit. Um, <laughs> right, so, uh, yeah, so, I mean, it's a it's a particularly good time for that kind of thing because, especially, like, running into COVID, I mean, you, you ex- yourself experienced the repercussions of COVID with regard to your job and being retrenched and so on. And uh, there were, there's obviously a lot of people that have gone through that type of thing um, in the last year or so. Um, it's actually almost a year since... We went into lockdown, which is Correct. crazy to think about. Yeah. Just below. Yeah, just under. Yeah, just, oh, just under. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, have you found that there's a lot of your audience that's now, because they're indoors, because they couldn't go anywhere, um, also leaning towards um, learning about DIY and, and trying to uh, trying to follow the things that you've been doing and trying sort of looking at your... Um, tutorials and your the work that you've been doing yeah i think definitely that's why my because like i started blogging maybe like two three years ago and like my page didn't go anywhere but it like kind of grew not only because i had time to kind of focus on it this year but also because like people were looking for interesting things to do and lockdown really gave everyone that opportunity to do that and i think a lot of people you know People are not going out as much and not doing the things they're doing. So they're looking towards making their homes like really nice, comfortable spaces. So like the best and cheapest way to do that is to DIY. So I think a lot of people are looking at renovating and doing things around their homes and making their spaces just like better for themselves and like better for their kids. So that's something I think everyone is like kind of hyper-focused on at the moment. That making TikToks and like banana bread, I think is still big. (laughs) Still big, yeah. (laughs) So, so Lindell, like, being at 2021 now and gender norms being smashed, which I think is a good thing, have you seen a lot of interest from stay-at-home dads or, or just general males who are interested in doing special type of DIY things for their kids? Have you seen an increase in, uh, in interest from, from males uh, especially? Uh, look, I think especially like, okay, I'm in the mommy blogger slash DIY mm-hmm. section of Instagram. Mm-hmm. Like, that's where I'm at. And yeah, they are like some dads that's on there that like, you know, there was a project I did recently um, where there were dads, like we built um, like birdhouses and stuff. And there was like a dad that was doing that as well. So they are like um, doing, um, guys doing these things. But I don't think it's still... Like on that mommy blogger kind of parenting section, there's not a lot of men on that section yet. Like we need some dads up in there. Um, you don't see a lot 
of dead like dead influences there's like literally like three or four of them compared to like all the mommies that's out there um so we definitely need some male influence like up in there um but we we are seeing more and more and i, I also really love that in the diy section like the the women are like hitting it so hard right now. The women are leading the pack. Like you don't see um, like DIY influences that's male right now. You see one or two, but you see like women doing phenomenal things, like really phenomenal things. I'm like, these women are just like amazing, like really like amazing. Um, Brandon, there's a gap yeah, in the market. Yeah, yes, I have a you, question for you. you, you know, <laughs> Brandon, I'm the quiet one out of this. Uh, <laughs> um, so, just a, a quick one. Um, where do you think that your ideas come from or your inspiration? Like, is there something specific that you kind of gather your inspiration from with the DIY? Okay, a couple of things. Um, one, my kid. My kid has really, like, influenced me to, like... Mm-hmm. Like want to kind of, you know, like when you have a kid, you want to give your kid the best and you're not always able to like financially do that, like give her, buy her the best play kitchen or the best playhouse. So, but like I can do that on a budget if I DIY. So like my kid and my budget has kind of like influenced me and also my taste because I think my taste runs a little bit on the high end sometimes. So like I want those like good things, but I don't always have the budget for it. So DIY is the way to go. And also like, there's like really something to be said about like making something like with, um, and having your kids see that you make and being like part of making something. Like look at this playhouse, like we, we could have bought a playhouse, but the fact that we made the playhouse and that she watched my husband and I like every day, like building this thing, literally bleeding and sweating and like tears went into that playhouse and she saw this process and she was part of this process. It's not just like, you're not just giving your kid like a thing, a toy that they'll throw away tomorrow. It has value because like it's something that we worked on as a family. So I think like that kind of ethos is like really like pushing me towards doing more of these kind of projects. Having a look at the, the little playhouse now, it actually looks very dope. It's very nice. Thanks. It's going to look so cool when it's done. <laughs> when it's like, when it's all like decked out. I can't wait. I've got like little hanging um, lights like over the kitchen counter. It's going to look so cool. I think yeah. that's actually something you can do for Emina, Brandon. Yeah, like I, I was actually <laughs> going to tell you, like I, I um, kind of made a, a little kitchen set for her. Obviously, same, same sort of vibe. My daughter's now, I think she's six. Um, yes, she eats things. Not I think she eats. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, to be fair, this to be fair, this times we Amy six and this times where she's thirty six. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Spot on. Um, and she was like nagging. She wanted this little play oven type vibe, and obviously, like funds were low. It was the beginning. The middle of the month rather and i just decided to take all the cardboard boxes cut them up and take styrofoam and cut up little bottles to make the tops of the stove and it came out pretty cool and she even helped paint the little kitchen headset and she still has it she's had it for now two years i believe and it's oh wow there. that's amazing yeah i love that can you see like that is like the perfect example like and because she saw you like making it and working on it like it has so much more value than if you'd gone out and just bought like a play kitchen and it's like memories that you make with your kids so that's the most definitely 
Yeah, I definitely love that. I have all my kids that were around there somewhere in the world. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of dollhouses and kitchens, really. As soon as I, as, <laughs> as soon as. As soon as those restraining orders lapse, I'm in there. <laughs> just build one dollar. I'll save all my styro from Bucky's for you. <laughs> you only do is make one kitchen, one dollar, and make it communal. So yeah. all your kids. So you must learn to share. You must learn to share. I'm actually teaching you something. Learn to share. So yeah, go for it. Yeah, so 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 little. Obviously, you say you're always being mm-hmm. creative and. And, and as you said, it came a bit from your mom. Like, I just want to view, like, obviously through, through creativity, you learn things like problem solving, um, innovation, things like that. Um, what is your view with us going now into the fourth industrial revolution and machines taking off all most analytical jobs and the only space for humans, experts say, is within the creative and innovative side. So do you, what's your view on, on schools and the flexibility of schools to to um, ignite creativity in youth um, and also that it can be a breeding ground for creatives. Do you think it is like that or do you think there's there's room for, for growth in that department? I was actually having this like exact conversation with my sister-in-law who was a teacher like last night. Um, we, she was saying because like two of her kids are very like, um, you know, kind of made for typical school way, mm. you know, because all kids are different. So some kids yeah. need that typical structure of school and like, you know, and some kids are like more creative thinking and they, they need a different kind of schooling. And she's like trying to find the right school for her kid. Um, I, I think most conventional schools like are not open to that kind of creative thinking. I think like, I know I found like more creative thinking when I got to varsity that when you Mm. could kind of just take information and then process it in your own way and then you know you don't have to padded style like learn so I think a lot of schools are like that um although I did find a school for my daughter where they've looked like they farm chickens and like because she's like such a creative soul and now she's only four but she's like she's a vibe on her own and she's such a like a people person so i needed to find like an out of a box school like one of the teachers has got a mohawk and like a neck tattoo so you know it's like out of the box a little bit Mm. and she needed that kind of like creative environment at a school so I'm, i'm happy i found there are schools like that but you you have to find them and I think the sad part is that it's not always affordable or accessible to everyone and every kid. And there's a lot of kids in this country who are suffering yeah. Yeah. because of the schooling system. Yeah, that's what I was about to get into. Because, I mean, I personally, when I finished school, wanted to go into a creative space. Um, in fact, my initial um, degree was going to be fine art. Um and then I got very apprehensive about it because, I mean, what kind of job are you going to get with that? And I don't. And I think, while art, the arts has have come a long way in this country, um, with regard to affording people a living, um, it's very difficult still for us to, for for any type of person going into the creative field, uh, unless it's something that's linked to a business thing like a graphic designer doing work for businesses and I'm talking just purely um, creativity for the sake of creativity it's very difficult still and also that's why those schools are so super expensive um, 
and so we've got kids in like you know the less the little less um affluent areas like the Mitchell's Plains or your, you know Lavender Hills or something there's so many really cool artists coming out of those places um but they don't have a place to sort of um nurture that and I suppose it's up to I mean groups of people around about our age they've experienced that to kind of make that happen uh, whether it be stuff that you're doing now which is Instagram which is available to anybody I mean if you, most people have access to that although that could be better as well so I think it's also with an age of technology like YouTube and Instagram and TikTok to a lesser extent with regard to this but with regard to other forms of creativity yes I think it's important for us for people to make kids aware I think the first step is making them aware that it's okay to explore those avenues um as opposed to mm. just your strictly lawyer, doctor, mm. um, plumber <clears throat> type things. But dreams? Yeah, I definitely well, agree with that. Um, but I think on on the other hand, I I think kids are, are always going to be creative. It's where they channel that creativity. If you yeah. look within most, <laughs> as you said, less affluent areas where crime is 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 a, is um is rife, you can see the creativity in them just stealing, breaking into your house. You are how clever you have. You have armed response, you have electric fence. They're creative enough to get in your house, steal your stuff, and get away with it. So, <laughs> so if you, yeah, channeling if you, the creativity to like a good exactly. thing. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so I think it's, it's about channeling the youth's uh, creativity more than igniting it. Because it is there, we can see it in most youth, they're creative. It's yeah. where they channel that creativity. Into, mm. into positive uh, spheres of things. I actually thought you were going in a totally different direction. I thought you were going to say break it down <laughs> they leave you a painting or like a little icon. <laughs> 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 like, oh, Maybe that's the tag. Maybe that's a graffiti tag on your yeah. back wall, guys. Yeah. That's TV. the art they left. He's taking my TV, but he's left me the gift of art. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's a start. I can't call this a robbery. I can't get him painting. Yeah. <laughs> I can't call this a robbery. It's an exchange of goods. It's trade. It's definitely right. I mean, and I mean, we've seen like, especially like uh, with regard to like music and dance, like some of the best b-boys come out of like Mitchell's Play area. They've been like worldwide. I mean, we've got guys like Blake um, who was, comes out of... Um, the southern suburbs area, I think that's Southfield, Grassy Park side. Can't remember exactly where he's from. I mean, he's been like a, a an electric boogaloo world champion a few times. Um, and so, like, there's a couple of people that are doing it. And another guy, Mike. Wrong. Mitchell's playing. Black Noise, Angelo, Tofik. Yeah. Those gents. Tofik, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so there yeah. have been many of them. It's just like, and you see, those people have found... Um, found places for creativity like the mod mm. centers and things that uh, we're probably going to get into in, into one of our shows um, that allows them to express themselves and I think that mm. has to be I mean the awareness and the the availability to the to those types of places have to be yeah. they, they have to be increased somehow because That's like Lindell said previously the, the not everyone is going to be geared towards academics mm. uh, but there is still a place for them within society and especially with yeah. um, us going into a more a, an area where we're gonna be more, we are more aware of people's sort of mental well-being, mm. 
I think that's super important. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Especially yeah, coming out of my situations, I, with the mental health issues that's going to come about. Oh, due definitely. Due to yeah. isolation, yeah. obviously due to the lockdowns. Yeah. I don't think we're going to, we're really going to know the effects that this has had on everyone's kind of like mental health until like, far into the future but just like a point in what you're saying about creativity like creativity is like all good and well but if we don't teach the youth to monetize that to make a career out of that then they're going to be starving artists on the side like we still need we, we still need to in our schooling system or have some kind of facility but we need a way to teach whatever like field of creativity that you're going into we need mm. to be able to teach like um people like entrepreneurial skills so that they know how to actually take that skill because i think there's a lot of and and i know i'm guilty of that there's a lot of creatives who have this like amazing talent or they're so skilled and you're like why is this person like not like you know the next louis vuitton or whoever like like why is this person like not like coining it it's because they don't know how to take that talent and actually provide like a living for themselves off of their talent like hustle is not like something that everyone has and like we need to find a way to be able to like teach the youth how to hustle and how to like monetize their creativity yeah i think that's super important point like it's one thing to have that and and to be able to create those things is another another thing to be able to sustain a living from it and i yeah the hustling part is 100 correct because nothing when you're going to those types of fields, you need to understand that uh, it's going to take a lot of hard work and a lot of sacrifice and a lot of time where you're not going to be recognized. And it's, mm. it's, it's those types of things that you have to push towards. And yeah, 100% but, correct. And, and, but, and the flip side, we have to also recognize that Generations are going to change soon, right? With regard to the the decision makers of this in in this country, and we are going to be um, those those decision makers, and we have to keep in mind that we shouldn't lose that youthfulness and that sort of um, that sort of love for creativity, because I do see it happen sometimes as you go further on in life. Uh, you lean a lot of people lean more to the practical, overly practical side of things. And skeptical. Yeah, and I say practical in the sort of genetic sense of the word, because I don't think it's impractical to do those things, but I do think that it's viewed as such. Um, and so businesses and and places giving a forum for that, and we see it now happening with some artists, at, and it's but it's just not enough. Um, but but Reims, I also think that um, the appreciation of of creativity and the value that the general public attach to that talent is very is what's causing the lack of of, of monetizing these yeah. type of skills it's because someone mm. does something great and the general public does not pay first of all the show they don't attend or they don't buy paintings they don't subscribe they don't pay you understand the, yeah. the, the appreciation is there but they don't put the value the monetary value value to to what that individual is offering up so I think the general public needs to be educated on what it takes and, and, and what value should be put to that. And obviously, we need to support local artists and we need to put our money where our mouth is. We can't say all the time we have so much talent in Cape Town, so much talent in Africa, but we do not support them with with money and support them so that they can make a living out of it. So I think Correct. the general yeah. public has also a huge 
um, role to play in also growing these artists. So, so, so yes, they need entrepreneurial skills, but they can market and build themselves out high, but the public don't see the value and add yep. money yeah. to that. It's they're they going to stay the same place. I agree like, with that 100%. Like right now on the... Yeah, go for it, Linda. Like right now... Oh, sorry, I'm talking over you. Go ahead, <laughs> Dimo. No, no, fine. You, you make your statement. You're the guest. You speak with... You're the guest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just going to say like... I've seen like right now on Instagram, like coming from like the mommy blogger, like... um sphere diy sphere um a lot of like bloggers um like blog because they love blogging but every now and then you get like a brand ambassadorship you get like a paid partnership you you get a way to kind of monetize your platform and those posts like never get supported like like another post that you would do like the one where you actually like working with a brand um because people don't want to support like you know when you're actually getting paid so like and that that just takes a like and a save and a comment or a share or you know like it doesn't really cost you anything like money wise to like just like you know kind of support your favorite bloggers or your favorite influencers or micro bloggers or whomever online like likes and things that those things go so far um and like that that little money that that blogger and I include myself in that get from that post or working with that particular brand that helps pay for the content that we then do later on. Like, you know, it helps also provide for our families. It's a little way to, for us to like provide yeah. for our families. So like, and it doesn't really cost the public anything. Um, but it's like really tough because bloggers in that way are small businesses. Um, but instead of like physically buying from us, you like and share and, you know, save in order to support us. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll those things like actually help support and like provide for our families. Yeah, I'll speak on both of those things. I think the first part with Hilton saying is I agree with that 100% with a pretty big caveat to it, which is if you're producing something of note that is super cool and people want, right? Um, there are instances, of course, where there isn't support. One person, in fact, I made pretty much that statement previously. But evaluate what you're doing, right? And are you doing something that looks cool but nobody wants? Um, oh, and are you doing something that is has a marketable value in the current market, right? Yes, you should school. Um, yes, we like to look at it, but are we going to put it in our homes or are we going to use it? Like Lindell's sort of example is a pretty good one with regard to this. There is something that can be used in a home, it's saving people money and it looks cool, right? Um, and so, again, like Lindell said, you have to look at yourself as a small business. And in any business, if your product doesn't work, you don't stock it, right? So, yes, you like to do these things. And, and yes, there's a certain level of of uh, creative expression that you want to give. And and by all means, like anybody listening to this that has a particular lane that they do, that has a particular art that they do, um, if you want to stick to that, cool. But you have to be aware that there is a particular market. And if your stuff doesn't suit that market right now, you're not going to sell. But um, isn't it stifling creativity, Rima? 
Should, you shouldn't still, they, they, they do yes, it out of the love and then monetary? Uh, yes, like, but I'm, that's exactly where I'm going. Mm. There is a level though, right? Mm. So yes, you have creativity and yes, you don't want that to be stifled. But I personally don't like or I'm, I'm not a fan right, of supporting something for the sake of it being local. I support something because it's good, right? Um, and I don't really discern between if there's a choice between two things right then they're both equally good and the one is local that is when i'll go for the local thing right but your stuff has to be good if you have a youtube channel right and you're a local guy and and i have actually have friends people that have started youtube channels or or things that i have said i will sub to you for one month if your content isn't something that i like I'm not going to sub because I'm not helping you, right? Because I don't think this is cool, right? Others have supported Tooth and Nail because I think it's super good, right? And mm-hmm. so that's the point. The point is you're not helping anybody by pandering to them. Like, you know what I'm saying? That's just my opinion. Like, Lindell's things, right? The stuff that Lindell's doing is not in the lane generally that I would go. I would not go and search for a mother's young mother's uh, blog or, or thing <laughs> but aesthetically and like idea wise it's a very pleasing thing to see right mm-hmm. so even me that's not really into that has taken ideas from Lindell's DIYs um, and thought oh that's a cool thing so again if it's a quality product people will come that is what I believe and yes there is big businesses that should be supporting that but I think everybody should look at the, what they're doing with a, with a sober mind. And somebody told, with regard to the writing that I've done over time, somebody gave me a very important advice that I'm going to now impart upon everybody. Don't fall in love with your, process, with, with your product. Don't fall in love with your copy. Don't fall in love with your art in the sense that you don't see anything that could be improved. Right? And... So that is just anybody out there that's trying to do those things. Look at what you're doing in a sober fashion. And I think that's the way that you can get your hustle on, improve what you need to do, and ask yourself, uh, is something that you're doing? And if you still think, if you're doing this and you still think, well, I'm going to keep it that way, cool. But unfortunately, there are some people that's going to then remain starving artists. That's just like my take on that. Um, also, I, I totally. <laughs> yeah. You can go, Lindor. Go ahead. You, no, you're the, you're the guest. <laughs> 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 no, I was just going to say, like, I totally agree with you. Like, especially, like, okay, I'm going to use myself as an example. You have to look critically at your work and you have to say, like, that you're putting out, like, um, things that you would also want to, like, engage with. Like, if you saw it, you would, like, be, oh, you're the subscriber. Um, so you need to constantly be putting that out. But what I also like as as a person on the other side who you work on something like and you think it's like so good, um, but it doesn't even get seen. Like that is a problem that we have on Instagram. It's not even that people like this is how Instagram works, for example. In order for your stuff to get seen, like 
it needs to like Instagram like will show it to a third of your audience if you're lucky. Um, so for those things to get um, seen, people need to like it. It needs to keep showing up on people's feed, and it's only going to keep showing up on people's feed so that you you kind of get your talk to um, bleh, sorry your target audience. Um, and you need those likes. Like you really need those likes because yes, maybe that one post um don't like something if it doesn't like appeal to you but also if something is cool like it that's what i'm saying like if you see something and you're like okay this is cool like it like save it comment on it if you have the time but like those like likes actually okay and it's not about likes but those likes actually like motivate your favorite bloggers or small businesses whoever to keep going and sometimes a lot of people just like throw in the towel because they're like what is the point of this like i work day and night to like put out something and it doesn't you know it doesn't get seen by anyone and no one even like likes it and then like this is a good example i had a lot of people like say like whatsapp me privately about posts that i've done but they haven't commented or liked or anything on the post, but they WhatsApp me privately to talk about it and say, you're that was why, but they haven't liked it. So, you know, there's like that whole kind of, and that's not fair. Like if you want your, your, you know, your favorite bloggers or businesses to succeed, you do need to support them. Like you said, give them a trial period and like support them. But like also you need to support them um, if they like generally speak to you and your content, like also like your feed or your circle of businesses you follow or bloggers or whomever, it needs to be reflective of who you are. Like bloggers need to find their audience. And if you don't like their content, then don't follow them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. exactly. And but don't, don't like look, don't keep looking and like checking and, yeah. and then you want to come back and be like, okay, why are they not here anymore? Because they've left. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah. And also like speaking to that, um, like and commenting, I also think that, um, a lot of, um, South African audience don't understand that is a form of currency, right? Um, if you like yeah. someone, you like, you want them to continue doing what they're doing, right? You need to be doing those things to to support them, right? So you know you don't have to give money or whatever. Just do that, and that's a support. Like you, you're gonna come late and say, "Oh, why isn't this person posting? And why isn't this mm. person doing this?" It's because they couldn't afford to anymore. Mm. Um, and so, if you want to see bigger projects and better things, then like, comment, subscribe, etc. Like, yeah, that's just, just the reality of things. So, yeah, go, but go for it, But dreams, but. <clears throat> On your point, um, I wasn't saying don't like things that don't. I'm talking about value, man. Like, say, for instance, Linda, I saw on your blog, you, you're giving out free printable um, labels and things to make DIY things. So now imagine you had to put five rand, um, you charge five rand for each of that to, to print out one of those labels. Uh, would people still, they see the value in it, but they do not put money to that value. So they'll print it as much as one for free as soon as you try to monetize and, and make some income from it then my then the public will suddenly stop why she's charging five rand why 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 this and why that instead of supporting knowing that if you give that five rand you know the next time she'll be able to create more labels or better things to go on in the future so i think the the value itself they must put the money uh, monetary 
um, attachment to that to show that I like what you're doing. I see the value, and I'm giving my five rand because I'm receiving something from you. So yeah. I think that is the mindset. I don't think people, especially online, I think most people just don't trust um, using credit cards and debit cards online. They don't trust system, but just I don't think that has hit off as big as it could in our country, especially now during COVID. Even at home, people's buying a lot and take a lot, but not a lot of people's buying local things from people's sites or like actually spending money on thi- on cool things on things they like from local people they're rather spending on take a lot or on other and buying international mm-hmm. brands mm-hmm. even small international brands instead of supporting local which is just as cool but they don't see that value in the local product that they see in international product that's the point of trying to make i think that's education of the yeah. product that needs to happen I also think like people like are not aware of local products because they just don't like see it. Like I think on social media, depending on who you follow, you might not ever eat and see like, oh my word, this guy is making like the best t-shirts. You you might just not see it and know they even exist. Um, I think that's also a really big problem because like... I only got the internet a couple of years ago. And before that, I didn't know. But, you know, the only time you saw local products is when, like, local, like, products is when you went to a market and you physically saw the product. Now all those, especially after lockdown, all those companies are online, selling on Facebook, selling on Instagram, on, you know, on those. And if you're not, like, following, like, people who kind of produce local stuff and who are into that, you are not going to see like more local stuff because those like suggestions are not going to come up on your feed if you are not actively looking for it um actively involved in that and i think that's a like a big problem that people just don't know yeah i think i think it was hand in hand with with um, what you you were speaking about earlier about just liking sharing just getting first as you said get the the product out there and you can play your part just by liking and sharing but then also buy it and wear it in public. If you go to, as you said, a market, wear the local sweater. Let people ask, where do you get this from? Give it a website. It's just, I yeah. think in that way, it's, it's an easy thing to do just to support each other by spreading the word either via social media or word of mouth or by just spending money. That's how you can support any local. Yeah. Actually, you, you support de- the economy in that way. I definitely yeah. agree with yeah. that. Yeah. And like how many times do you see like, like, the small local business that was like so small and only once they get like really big do you see their clothes like on everyone is wearing their clothes yeah. but those guys have been hustling for like years behind the scene yeah. trying to like get someone to put up you know pick up a t-shirt yeah uh Brandon, Brandon, something you say? oh yeah oh yeah yeah i'm here still yes um, <laughs> sorry so yeah the, i just think that the the whole instagram sort of algorithm to have going on is actually quite biased to overseas um sort of content developers um so at the moment um they meant you mentioned earlier regarding i think hilton mentioned rather um regarding the uh, competition that you had um where people need to just uh, share a post so that sort of develops or, or gets you more followers in the end because a lot of people have to either like share and subscribe to your post that you made correct mm, yeah so I think a lot of our like South Africans don't realize that this is actually how we build brands, Instagram brands. So it's just education. That's a simple thing about it that I believe. Yeah, and I think it's also understanding the framework. Like, I'm yeah. just going back to what Hilton said earlier with the five and thing. I think 
um, if we understand that the internet is a sort of um, it's a microcosm of things on its own, right? So, like, people don't generally, especially with smaller creators, and and I think it's just because they've been preconditioned because there is a sort of framework, right, that works within. Larger creators can sell merch and can charge five rand for those things because the larger creators, because they've created that fan base, yeah. right? So, um, initially, you're going to have to sort of give those things away for free um, because you're trying to sort of gather that sort of, yeah, you're gathering your fan base, you're gathering that. Like, if you look at very large creators, even, let's let's take South Africans only, for example, Casper Lee, um started on YouTube like eight, nine, ten years ago and he has over eight million subscribers, right? Um, and he started off with obviously as everybody nobody sort of having that. He only started doing uh, things that with regard to merch and with, 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 with regard to monetization in the sense of selling some, something to somebody when he had like three million um, subscribers. Um, Casey Neistat didn't even monetize his account till he had over 1 million subscribers. Um, so there is a particular framework that you can work in and I think it's that if you're looking at models of success you should also be following that. So for instance <clears throat> if you're looking now for people that want to start mommy blogs and that sort of thing I think going to Lindell's page is is an example of that what a model of success looks like aesthetically pleasing uh, offering you good solutions and practical solutions to to making things that you want to make and yeah it, it's already gone in that direction so following models of success i think is also very important whether that be international or local and then then adding your creativity adding your individuality to that also uh, is a is a big part Okay, so... So the um, first step is getting uh, uh, Lindell to a million subscribers, you say? Or a million... Yeah, can I yeah, first get me on YouTube, guys? <laughs> can we actually, yeah. like, create a YouTube channel for yeah. me, please? Lindell and I are going to be working on a YouTube channel soon. Um, don't worry, you're not going to see my, my, my face. Oh, um, thank <laughs> Lord. N- nobody wants that. <laughs> <laughs> um... But, um, yeah, we're going to be working on it soon. In fact, we'll talk about that after when we off this, um, off air. <laughs> so, let's go into a speed run. So, the other speed run works is we're going to ask you a set of questions. You answer as quickly as possible. Uh, just answer the first thing that comes to your mind. Um, oh, and I'm scared. Question one. <laughs> favorite, music, favorite music artist of all time? I don't like music. Wow! <laughs> Your body! Shook us! We just don't like creativity. Don't judge me! We just don't like creativity and artists. I made that the first question uh, for a reason. Uh, okay. I, okay, like I'll listen to rock and hip hop and that kind of stuff, but I prefer audiobook in the car. I'm boring like that. Okay, we're gonna get back to that. No, we can ask you, what, what's your favorite audiobook right now? Yeah, okay. Let's of all that. time. 
Uh, gosh, guys, I I like um I actually really like listening to Kevin Hart's um like his biography was really cool like because he tells it it was like really entertaining, and um becoming Michelle Obama um oh, oh yeah like everything by Tahira Mafi like yeah just like oh how to kill a kingdom yeah just like a bunch of stuff guys. Shout Tim out. and I was book was really cool. Shout out to Tahira uh, Mafi, uh, Lindell's recommendation to me. <laughs> Check it out. Um, okay, nah, she's quiet. She's that girl's quiet. Yeah, she's she's high. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love her books. No, did you read her? Shade. Did you read the shade. one? Did you read the one? What is it? The the latest one about like I um like growing up in nine um after nine eleven like no, oh, that was hectic. I've actually read some. What of is the it called? Based on Linda's oh, recommendation, so it, it is really really good. The chat me. Did you read chat me? No, you told me. You forced me. Oh yeah, because it's yeah. it's quiet. Yeah, it is good. Okay, favorite TV show. Ah, uh, Big Bang. Knew that. <laughs> um, okay, summers by the pool or winters by the fire? Oh, f- pool, sorry. Mm. Yeah. Summertime. Summertime. <laughs> Marmite. Yes Yuck. or no? Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> I'm going to take that as a no. Okay, Rimo, you're a Marmite guy. I'm a Marmite guy. You know what? Yuck. You know what? Please. Donkey Blute is the best. On the, uh, on, the, on, on the odd occasion, I'm not, I'm, I'm not like Marmite all the time, all day, every day. But you know what? Sometimes a Marmite with a slice of cheese on that bitch. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, thanks. Nah, on on toast is nice. Yeah. But your problem is they should, make super, they should make super small Marmite jars. Here's an idea for somebody, <laughs> I think. <laughs> And the one jaw lasts a lifetime, you say. My brew! <laughs> Those little glitters. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, little listen, make like three servings, two servings. Because <laughs> ain't nobody got time for Marmite all day, every day. Like, that's a good point. No, no, they must sell sprayable Marmite. Like, <laughs> just a little bit on the slice, because you, you struggle to get the right layer, because you can't put too much, and also you can't put too little. So it's a, 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 a yeah. spray bottle of Marmite. Uh, and my brew, a, a too much Marmite on a sandwich is inedible. Any you know, but, on a sandwich. But <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so you heard it here first. Uh, Lyndall hates Marmite and also hates music. I don't hate music. I don't hate music. Okay. I just like... I know this for a fact. It's tight. So um, our previous guest, Michael Patch, um, is literally obsessed with music, right? And so I'm... <laughs> And so am I, Lyndon and myself and Michael have been friends for a long time. And this has been a constant, I don't know, issue. Right? Um, because music means a lot to us, but Lyndon sort of listens to the same playlist he did in 2005. <laughs> I do. Yeah, that's legitimately <laughs> a 2005 playlist. Um, that's why I like TikTok, because it's only like short snippets of songs. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, oh, I like the song. Move on next. Yeah, and then Michael and I go into the background of the artist that is also experimenting with digi- with um, with um, authentic uh, Aboriginal music. And then no. like, yeah, yeah, I just like the beat. 
<laughs> no, I remember you guys thought you were so cool because you were like, no, I knew about this guy like five years before you guys knew about him. Like you were like, no, I knew him when he was underground. You guys like, Let's just put that down to the hubris of youth. Um, <laughs> yeah, we did do that. To be fair, that is, that is a little bit cringe to be that guy saying... <laughs> You guys are so commercial, but that really was was <laughs> us. Um, yeah, I think I, I, hopefully we've matured since then. Um, yeah, so let's get on to our next set of questions. And this gets a little bit deeper. Oh. What or who inspires you? My mommy. Mm. Shout out to from the rooftop, rooftops, Lindo. <laughs> Tell us no, why. just because um, my mommy is like an undercover creative. Like my mommy worked her whole life. Like she like literally that was like her whole life. She just worked. Like there was nothing else. It was just work. And like suddenly, like one day, she just like build a computer. Like just get some boards and like build a computer. And you're like, what the. F- like how and oh she'd just like get an idea and then she'd build like a cupboard just like there you go i needed a cupboard there's a cupboard and like she when she retired she just picked up sewing she never sewed before she just like decided to sew and there you go she makes my daughter's outfits now like this woman is just like incredible but she never she never did that with her life you know she just like worked like a very like normal job her whole life like in a supermarket and like she didn't do anything creative but she's actually like so incredibly creative so it's it's actually kind of inspiring because i want to be like her but i want to i don't want to like hide it away mm. Mm. i think yeah your mom's um with a few words and a lot of action <laughs> Uh, but um, yeah I've seen that I, I think it's also oh you know what I'm thinking of now like the one night oh, one night my husband was like he, um, when we were still dating like he heard a sound outside or something and he went to go check he went to go check on his car but he didn't put on any of the lights and then my mom heard a sound outside and she literally went outside and beat him up because <laughs> she thought he wasn't into it and I was like oh, I and my know. mom is like the tiniest woman ever she is teeny <laughs> tiny like a 40 ki- 45 kilogram woman just like wow. beating up yeah. <laughs> like I was like no this woman is crying like, she's also, crying what's also amusing is that um, as if most people that know me my personality is uh, uh, out there with regard to like just saying really? shit yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, believe it or not you're such a quiet guy. <laughs> Man, a few words. <laughs> and I think Lyndall's mother has heard some of the maddest stories come out of her mouth because she's quiet, you see, so you don't always notice it in the corner, <laughs> you know? And I've been telling Paul stories that's, it's, yeah, some of them were super vulgar. And I've never, ever felt like judged or bad vibe coming from your mom, so she's always been like, hella cool with regard to like just people coming there and just being themselves like you never felt like and I think that came from you also like when you came to university with us I think we were also older a little bit older than uh, older than everyone else yeah we were like a year older I was a year older yeah and I think the definite vibe that I got from you at that time 
was that there was a level of like sort of comfortable comfortability with yourself or at least on the surface uh, I later got to know that there's some erratic shit going down there at the bottom nah I'm just like a smidge crazy but yeah, like some, I'm older some, now so it's called eccentric yeah some neurosis <laughs> so and then me kind of the opposite of that I think everything with regard to who you are um, mentally is the opposite of what I am mentally um mm. But I think it works well uh, because Blindel banned me from studying with him during exams. Um, she literally kicked me out of the library because my methods. Oh, yeah, you were talk, yeah. Because my methods were <laughs> my methods were, were, were unconventional. Uh, Michael and I out of the library. So I mean, <laughs> out of a library. Have you seen UWC's library? She kicked us out of the entire library. Like outside in front she of the foyer. Get out of the entire library. And Rivo. Your energy in the library. Did you like that? And Rivo, that's why. Outside. That's why I got better marks than you. Listen, now listen, you know. Because I kicked you out of the library. I couldn't study. It was a tactic. It was listen. a tactic. Let's be careful. About going down this road. Okay, let's be careful. Okay, right. Shame, Rima, let it go. It's been like a decade. Let it go. Let's go. Let's go into this. Let's get into this, right? Okay, let's start at the beginning, right? Michael and I initially assumed that whoever whoever of us got the highest marks would have the highest marks. Like, in the whoever. Okay. Yeah, the two of them were like seriously like cocky. Like they really thought they were the ish. They were like and, they and were like we the best of the best of the best. And then we saw Lindell. We saw who the fuck is this kid? L. Atkins, this motherfucker. Uh, and we created this vision in our minds. This fucking nerd, you know, probably doesn't, you know. We thought it was a bra first. It was a dude first. We're like, this fucking nerd. It's probably a virgin. That's very like, sexist of you. <laughs> yeah, I know. It is. But it's a different time. It was a different time. And we were, we were dickheads, right? So, uh, so... And then, <laughs> yeah, Lindell comes. And she's like, ah, she, she still partied and did a thing. Um, but over time, um, I've consoled myself with the fact that what propelled Lindell past us by literally 2% was the fact that she believed in her heart that she was going to fail every exam. <laughs> believed in her heart. And I'm not... It's, this, wasn't like, this wasn't a fake thing. She believed in her heart before every exam. She freaked the fuck out. And that's why she kicked me out of the library. Because I believed in my heart that I was going to do well. Regardless. I studied. It's a simple equation. I studied. And therefore, I'm going to do well. Right? Or pass or whatever. Lyndall is asked for a three mark question. And she writes seven pages. (laughs) I I had a problem, guys. I I, I was... uh, my essays were always like 12 pages long. I had a problem. I'm, the lecturers probably hated me. <laughs> I'm already at home. I've taken a nap. <laughs> Lindell's still finish the, finishing that exam. So, 
<laughs> Listen, for the record, I'm a son. <laughs> the group, but I've made my peace with it. We've moved on. Okay. Um, and I think Mikey's made his peace with it too. So let's just... <laughs> no, but like Mikey, seriously, no. That guy, that guy is the reason why we didn't bunk every single lecture. Yeah, we... He used to like tell us exactly how much every tutorial, every lecture cost. And he was like, you're going to waste your mommy's money. Yes, it's quiet. You just got that money to throw around. We actually spoke about it in his podcast when you worked out that every lecture cost 394 and 72 cents. <laughs> and he tell us. Like, you know that you just throwing away 392 rand and 72 cents. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, that was a... a, a, a and I think that's, like, well, coming back to your mom, um, that sort of calm demeanor and, like, that sort of um, support, I think, comes through with regard to who you are as a person and also just, like, the things that you've done and the things that you've taken on. Because, I mean, having a base of support, somebody that supports you in all things you do, uh, is also super important in the creative um, in the realm of things. Having parents that can see that there's a, there's a there's an opportunity for this and supporting that is also big um mm-hmm. so yeah um yeah um yeah i i just i had it, like one of the conversations with my mom that like really stands out to me um i used to be like a very like testy teenager like i used to just always test the waters so we were driving one day and i said to my mom we drive she's driving and i was like Mommy, what would you do if I tell you now I'm pregnant? And then my mom swerved <laughs> off the road. Wow. And then we just stated out the car. I was like, Mommy, I'm not pregnant. But like, just say that I am pregnant. Maybe you should have <laughs> What do you say? <laughs> <laughs> I told her I was a tasty teenager. I just wanted to like know where I stand with her. So I was like, okay, now mommy, what are you going to do if I tell you I'm pregnant? Like what are you going to do? And she, she just said with like white knuckling the steering wheel. She just said, I'm going to love you. That's what I'm going to do. And like having that kind of support, you know, like doesn't matter what happens in your life. You know, your parents are going to like, like be there for you and like rally behind you. And like she really is. Like when I said I want to go study English, she didn't go like, "Uh, you're the first person in our family to go to university and you want to go study English. Like you, you did really well in school. You can go do accounting, you did accounting school, like you could do any of these things, like you want to go study English. She was like, okay, my child, I'll pay for that. You know, like she did it as a single parent and having that kind of support, it's like, it's immeasurable. And that's the kind of parent that I want to be. I want to have, be that kind of support for my kid one day. Yeah, Linda was always also the first one to have a digital camera in our friend group, which is um, big time poppers. <laughs> oh my word! And you had a fake YouTube channel on my on my digital camera yes, yes, on I, my phone. <laughs> I, had a, I had a fake YouTube channel. Yo, if we could have that footage now, we could make some bank. I promise you. Yo, seriously, like he literally went on varsity interviewing people. Like we interviewed people, like really, guys. Like before, like if we had it, was hilarious. Yeah, well, like no, literally be before YouTube was a thing, we were like YouTubers. To be fair, I was interviewing Rickness. That's <laughs> <laughs> no man, but I've got this like video of you and this guy. What was it like in a in a wall? You were asking you. Oh, in the I don't know what it was. Yeah, it was yeah. In the 
And then the guy said he's studying math. And I said, you're trespassing. This is not the math department. This is the <laughs> linguistics department. What the fuck are you doing here? We don't like mathematics here. And he was so We all found math, that's why we are. Yeah. He was so fucking confused. Why is this brat attacking me for no fucking reason? <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah, so we, I mean, we were doing those things. I remember we did a, um, you guys did a, 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 a like a... The play. A show, the play, yeah, the show. Yeah, and then I, we did that whole movie. Yeah, where I played a used car salesman. Um, yeah, no, that's classic. Yeah. Art is classic. Yeah, that was so good. So, I mean, yeah, again, universities is where we were allowed to do that. We, we had the freedom to do that, especially because we were studying that sort of thing. Um... But it would have been so cool if we could have done those types of things earlier and, and in school and it made available to us. And I think, especially now with the advent of so many social platforms, allowing people to showcase themselves, like, I mean, YouTube's motto is broadcast yourself, right? So mm. um, making that available to kids now, um, I think is going to be invaluable with regard to increasing our, our footprint. In, in entertainment, in art, in music. We've already see it, seen it happening, especially with TikTok. There's so many big TikTok, uh, South African TikTok mm. people now doing like really, really good content. Um, mm. And uh, I mean, the creativity that's coming out of it is it's hilarious. Like yeah, I watched it's... one guy depict flies in his house trying to get his food. He, play, he played all the characters he played himself and he played the flies it was hilarious it was hilarious uh, so yeah I think that's uh, and uh, against doing something that you like that you love and then making that available and accessible to other people is a really important um, part um, okay we need to wrap up soon I'm just cognizant of the time but uh, Milton yeah I actually have oh. a question real quick oh. before we before we get there. Mm-hmm. There's actually like something that you mentioned regarding the micro blogging and the blogging and the vlogging. What are the differences between those? Because I'm only used to vlogging and blogging. Okay, so okay, a a vlogger obviously is someone who makes video content. Yeah. Um, a blogger is someone who like has a blog. Now, like on Instagram, like. Like someone who just like every day talks a little bit about their life. That's a blogger. Mm-hmm. Um, but now you get like different levels of blogger. So I think if you under 5K, which is what I am, then you're like not even a micro, like a nano influencer, like the <laughs> smallest of the smallest of the small. Like you don't even feature. Like like you're like a nano. I don't even know the right term. Nano. Like micro is only I think like from five k to like fifteen k or something. Then you're like a micro influencer, um, and then after that, then you're like I think only when you're like a couple hundred k in, then you're like an actual influencer. Um, so when you get the blue tick, yeah, when you get verified, like I don't even know. <laughs> I, I saw a hack though online where you can like. Um, on a TikTok, you can like just like like take a picture of a of blue tick and then put it next to your name, like when you actually <laughs> so everyone can think you have a blue tick. So now I just hack it and then I have to actually get it. Verification works with um verification works with external media, and also like so obviously you have your your um, engagement, but then verification works with like being uh, being printed or being um, spoken about in other sort of websites or like. 
um, print, news media, um, TV, etc. So that's when yeah. people get verified, and I think that's one of the biggest. There are huge creators that have uh, like a million subscribers already that aren't verified because they aren't out in the in the sphere of like people knowing yeah. and being spoken about. So. They're not famous, basically. Well, they are famous with regard to the internet. Yeah, they're famous with regard to the powers that be. Um, there's also a big chat about like, is this the right way to um, to sort of um, assess if somebody should be verified or not? But that's a conversation for a different time. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so Lindell, mm-hmm. um, what's next for you? Like, what's your what's your plan for the next five years, ten years? Yeah. Where do you, where do you see the your whole initiative right now going? Where do you, where would you like to see it go? To be honest with you, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I actually 100% don't know. Um, but I'm at the moment, I'm just letting my creativity run because this is the first time in my whole life where I can just be like creative all the time. I can actually just see where, where it goes and like how creative I can be because I've never working like hectic hours. I've never had the opportunity to do that before. And this is kind of my chance, like all the kind of partnerships I've done and like um, brand ambassadorships, all of that kind of stuff that I've done has been like brands coming to me and saying, can we do something on your platform? Do you want to work with us? Which has been really nice because it's been like such a amazing learning curve. And I got to work like, like Rima and I, we studied, um, we studied like to be writers. Like that's what we wanted to do when we were at varsity. Like we wanted to be creative in that way. And like with magazines, you know, going, that's something that I thought I would never do. Yet I got to work with, you know, the editor of Cosmo, like on a project. So, the, the former editor. Um, so that's kind of been like a, a dream of mine that I thought would never happen, but I got to actually write as a writer and create content in that way. So I would like to kind of do more writing and I would also like to kind of build a brand for myself so that I can actually have a little business where I maybe where I make things or like dollhouse miniatures or like one of my favorite things to do. So I would like to like, activate my shop and start to do that kind of thing and i just want to see where life takes me at the moment and there was talk about the youtube channel Remo is sorting out. yeah we're gonna um i want to move more into like tutorials and videos um i'm not very comfortable in front of the camera but i'm really trying my best to be um because mm. i think i'm more of a behind the scenes kind of person and like Having a social media platform has really like pushed me to be in front of the camera more, um, which is something I had to kind of really learn to do, um, which is something I'm still learning to do. So um, I'm hoping to do more of that and more tutorials because that's what people want to see from me. So I want to push more of that kind of stuff out because I still think I've got a lot more creative ideas and I have so many cool projects that I want to do. So I'm, I'm hoping to like get going with all of that yeah i think the i'm not um, good in front of the camera thing is um another example of Lindell thinking she's gonna fail every exam i've seen <laughs> instagram posts and i think um i think people will take to the general personality there's no sort of uh pretense there's an actual um the vibe you get is an actual um 
idea of somebody trying to share knowledge, help, and somebody that's um, trying to be as uh, good a mother as possible, uh, as 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 solid as a as a wife as possible, and also uh, sharing that knowledge with other people. And I think people have taken to that because this you can sense the genuine need or want to share. Um, so we'll be. Um, soon, hopefully, we'll get in. We'll start creating content with regard to that. Various things we're gonna do: cooking challenges, um, DIY stuff. Um, also, hopefully, um, we're gonna try and bribe Paul to come on the channel sometimes, because <laughs> um, Paul's also very, very handy. Like he's a super handy guy. Yeah. Um, and he's a fucking stud of a guy. <laughs> you know, it's a handsome man there. He's a he's he's one handsome son of a bitch. You know, guys, easy on the eyes. Easy on the eyes. If you guys look out for that guy's bum, Jesus <laughs> Listen, yeah, he's tight, tight, tight like a tiger. You know, tight like a tiger. He loves to wear these short, these tight shorts that um, he says is comfortable. And we disagree. So, <laughs> so uh, look out for that content. I think it's going to be really, um, I think it's going to be super cool. I think young mothers and people looking to do that type of things, not just young mothers, of course, but that is the primary market. But like anybody that's looking to do creative and, and cool things on a budget is going to really enjoy um, the kind of content that Dundell's going to be putting out. All right. I think that's the end of us. We've been talking for quite some time. And I know that even my mother doesn't like me to talk for this long. Uh, <laughs> likes my voice. So we can wrap it up there. Lindell, so Lindell, yeah. Yeah, Lindell, yeah. Um, just where can whoever's listening see your page on Instagram or your blog? Where do they find you? Um, I'm at um, Nobby Little Things on Instagram and Facebook um, and Pinterest and then um, NobbySizzleThings.com is my blog so check those out and YouTube channel coming soon and Nobby Sizzle Things on TikTok as well okay. yeah we'll try and link all those things in the descriptions where applicable um, we're gonna be we're gonna be posting this in various um, platform and so wherever we can link them link those things in the description we will do so um so the last last thing is Lindell, anyone out there looking to start or to start being creative or even start um sort of um publishing publishing those or posting those things to any like if you could give them one piece of advice what would it be um just do you like i think like starting is always the scariest thing. Um, but like, especially like with my platform, like, you know, Paul, Paul is not like a, a feedback guy. And I, as a creative need like feedback. Um, and I found that like community cause like your social media, like especially like blogging and stuff, it's not about you just sharing whatever. It's about creating a community. And as much as you give to your community, you also get back from your community. You get that feedback that you need, you get direction. And like that has been like really vital for me. So um, if you want to start, it's not just about you like start because you want to share, genuinely want to share something and genuinely want to create a community. And when people see that you are genuine and you know, they'll get to know you and create your little community and you'll thrive in that way. Perfect way to end. 
Right, gents, Lindo, thank you for coming. We probably have Thanks, you on again. Lindo. Yes. Um, thank you, guys. <laughs> I think we've all learned a little bit more. I'm gonna um, log off here and going start um, creating my own little dollhouse for my future children, or the ones that I haven't <laughs> been told about yet. Uh, <laughs> all right. So hey, I'm doing an office space. You can learn from that. Oh, perfect. I need that. I need that. Um, all right. Any parting words, Brandon, Hilton? This, just uh, thanks, Lindo. It was Yo. really enlightening. Especially me that knows nothing about social media or, or creative DIY. My DIY is normally like just taping something together or putting electric <laughs> bands around it. <laughs> so, so just DIY. We all have to start pretty somewhere. DIY. So pretty DIY is, is definitely something I've learned here. You just start with the sucker sticks and then eventually you can move on to like real wood. <laughs> yeah, no, Lindo, thank you so much for your time. Um, look, just keep inspiring others. I mean, just keep doing what you're doing. Um, looking at the work on Instagram, um, I'm surely going to take a lot from it. So, yeah, I look forward to showing you my projects uh, coming up shortly. Hopefully. Yeah, I can't wait. There's a cap in the market, Brandon, for male DIY. Yeah. Oh. And, and, and male dads, they're like, male you know, male dads, like for dads. <laughs> so there's a real cap in the market for daddy vloggers. Yeah. I think mine will be more, Come mine share will be your more. daddy experiences. I think mine will be more fails than anything else. We're there for it. On that note, Stay tuned for Brandon's um, uh, Instagram page. is going to be starting up. Uh, and from the Don't Know Show, cheerio, sayonara, and so on and so forth. Adios. Goodbye. Bye.